2: Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes.
1: Settle in, Jackson. Yes, yes, yes. It's Balloon Party, driven by Mungan St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. I was doing another show about 18 seconds ago. And here we are doing another show 18 seconds later. That's how it goes. Uh, It is Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Taylor Twelman with us coming up at 1035. Jackson, he will be with us talking defense, doggies, defense, defense, doggies, defense, defense, doggies, defense. You can Can't text wait. In. Uh, Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. John Denton was with us on TMA. He'll be with us every Thursday here on uh, 101 ESPN on Balloon Party. And just talked it over with him. Uh, I was asking him this question, Jackson, as the Cardinals begin, as weird as it sounds, against an American League West team, an American League Central team, a critical week of baseball, Uh, You'll see Shoei Otani on the mound for the Angels tomorrow. Miles Michaelis will go up against him. Uh, Steven Matz for the Cardinals this evening. Uh, Is there any chance that the Cardinals would make any changes if this homestand goes awry? For example, let's say they lose 2-3 or or get swept by the Tigers. The Tigers, to me, are the ones you go, "Eh." the Angels, you know, they at least have something going on. (laughs) The Tigers are kind of just... Hanging around, and in his opinion, uh, Ali Marmol is safe for the year. John Mazzaloc, uh just signed his extension, and so uh, he wouldn't anticipate anything there. The thing is, is we really don't have any precedent set by this ownership group in this situation because there really hasn't been a year like this since Bill DeWitt has taken over. Uh, And and by that, I mean you have the carryover of a disappointing postseason, albeit it's a two-game postseason, so it's, you know, for lack of a better term, dumb, but whatever. It's what they got now. And uh, and – and a season that, as Ken Rosenthal said, I was watching his podcast yesterday, Cardinals' most disappointing team relative to a team with postseason expectations. Uh, he's not acknowledging the Oakland A's presence in the major leagues like this program. Right, neither are we. And the Chicago White Sox uh, were kind of a mess going into the season. But the Cardinals had expectations. And so when you're sitting at 10-19 and, and you are where you are in the standings, this is a different set of circumstances than we're familiar with. And I would say 97, 98, 99 were very disappointing as far as uh, playoff possibilities go. But the distraction was Mark McGuire and the home runs. So right. here you're 10 to 19, you're 10 games back of the Pirates, you're eight and a half back of the Brewers, and you're five and a half back of the Cubs. I mean, that's this is like, you know. That this is this isn't just uh, one team is running away, it's you're falling apart and the pirates are 20 and 9. Now as I mentioned yesterday, the pirates, according to Las Vegas are still, uh, the fourth most likely team to win the National League Central. The current rankings are the Brewers are the favorites. The Cardinals are second, despite being 10 games back. The Cubs are third. And then the Pirates, who are in first place, are plus 700 to win the National League Central. You'd get 7-1 to one on your money Ooh. if you wanted to bet the Pirates to win the National League Central right now. I would tell you, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your family. And perhaps you're running a gambling VC fund. Uh, and go well. We have a, we have an obligation with those numbers to put money on the Pirates at seven to one. Even if you're like, eh, I don't really think it's real, but seven to one. You right. know, I mean, that, that's where you are on that. So the Detroit Tigers are ten and seventeen, and that's why I cite them as kind of the litmus test. The Angels are fifteen and fourteen. It's not like they've been killing it, but they're they're fifteen and fourteen. The Tigers are kind of in the same category as the Cardinals. That American League Central. Sweet mother of mercy. One team is above 500. Uh, if you're 10 and 17, you're in third place. That means you're the Detroit Tigers. If you're 8 and 21, that means you're in fourth place. That's the Chicago White Sox. And if you're 7 and 22, that means you're in last place, and that's the Kansas City Royals. Quite a little division they've assembled over there. Meanwhile, the Cardinals will play those Tigers. And if that were to go badly this weekend, I would think something would happen. I really do. I would think something would happen. Now, I know one would say, well, that's just not the way the Cardinals operate. And I would say, you're right. However, we haven't seen the Cardinals in this spot to really know how they operate in this spot. Um, And that that is why I do consider this a week to watch. With that said, and maybe I'm just clinging on to data that isn't there, but I just believe that they are going to have a good week. I just believe that. I, I, just, I can't believe this is going to continue. I cannot believe this is going to continue. Jackson, I believe, and I will wager with you if you want it, the Cardinals will win a minimum of four games over the next six against the Angels and the Tigers. Would you like my action, sir?
0: So they win four, we push. That's right. More... You win, less I win. Yep. I don't want to root against. The, I don't want to root against this ball club.
1: You got high pitched there, like you didn't mean it, but you felt like you had to say because you knew the audience had come after you, especially when you want to give a, a Nuggets take.
0: No, I legitimately don't like rooting against—that's why I don't like betting against But yet you rooted against team. Albert
1: Pujols getting to 700 last year.
0: No, I, I just can didn't... play the audio—Mike Ryder has the audio. I can play the audio for you. Mike Ryder's turned the other direction. He knows not to listen to this yeah. nonsense.
1: He's, he's replaying opening drive.
0: Right. Um. I, w- I wasn't rooting against Albert. I just didn't think it was likely, even up until 699. I didn't think he would right. get there. At, at
1: that point, you were just playing a character, I thought. It was like— well, I was about to say like Stephen A. Smith, but somehow Snoop Dogg is on.
0: Well, he's going to break down the Lakers and Warriors, as or well, acquire
1: the Ottawa Senators, apparently. So take your pick. So Both. Stephen A. Smith is talking it over with uh, uh, Snoop Dogg this morning on the on the television that's on here, and the uh, and he's looking like he's injecting things into his arm uh, as we as we uh, as we digress. Just, so there so nice. it is. Jackson will not make the wager.
0: No, I won't. Because I also think like law of averages tells you that this team can't keep. Playing the way Paul Goldschmidt can't keep playing, Aronado can't keep playing like this. Like, eventually, these guys will break through. And I've said it for a while, and I think I get more and more credence on it as Uh they go. Oh, Jackson's
1: looking for credit.
0: It's going to get warmer, and these guys are going to start hitting, including Goldschmidt and Aronado I think they're just not a cold temperature team, which doesn't bode well for the playoffs. Hold on a second. That's right. This is that,
1: this is, this takes me back. I could be wrong on this. There was a question when the Cardinals were off to a decent start, and Paul Goldschmidt, I think, was hitting 800. Yeah, <laughs> it was high. And you said, are you concerned about Paul Goldschmidt? I said, what the hell are you talking about? And, and then I think that's where you offered up this cold-weather theory. Yeah. So you're saying the Cardinals are not a cold-weather
0: team. Correct. I think— it- Right. Come the this middle of May, end of May into June, July, August, and September. They're gonna look like a completely different ball club. Then come if they make the playoffs, or as we saw in April and March, they can't hit. They can't play in the cold. This is a warm weather team. Goldschmidt is raking, moron. That's from the
1: six three six. Goldie has been hitting. That's from a different six three six. Okay. Why do you continue to say Goldie needs to do better? That's from also a different 636. This is not a popular take in the 636.
0: And listen, I know that people, the 636 alone, uh, I know people are looking for a scapegoat right now. And if that has to be me, then so be it. <laughs> but um, I'm telling you that this team, once it gets warmer, you're going to see everybody start to hit. If I said Goldschmidt, I'm sorry don't like focus on that when my point is this team doesn't hit well in the cold weather if you want proof go look at april you are loski and me bro no i'm just ta- i'm i'm that's my theory is they what explains you, you you making takes up over there bro what explains the downturn in hitting at the end of september into october into the playoffs and then continuing that from march to april what is the one common denominator the cold weather
1: so we should dig into the temperatures In September, when Paul Goldschmidt fell off, Mm -hmm. you're saying he's not hitting now.
0: Well, I mean, he's not. I mean, it's not like MVP numbers like it was last year. He's not terrible. He's not like Arenado is right now. But I'm saying it's not necessarily Goldschmidt alone, it's the team in general. I don't think they hit well in cold weather.
1: He has a 152 OPS plus, comma, douchebag. That's from the 636. 636. You have. uh, I do agree, Jackson. They are definitely a scorching hot weather team. Well, there you go. That's from the six three six. So now the six three six is starting to see your your reasoning.
0: I'm telling you, it, Tyler O'Neill. he's a guy who's dealt with injuries his whole life. It's tough to get fully stretched out if the weather. When it's hot, it's just easier. Everything is easier. The ball flies a little bit better. Everyone's just a little more comfortable. I'm telling you, once the weather heats up, so will this team, and everyone will be like, "Oh, I wonder what happened," and they won't give me the credit.
1: Okay, let's let's just for the sake of doing it, let's just play this out. The team is not hitting because they do not enjoy the cold weather. How do you explain the pitching?
0: That that was poor roster construction during the
1: offseason. All right. Because they're twenty-fourth in baseball and quality starts, twentieth in ERA, uh, and I think twentieth in runs allowed as well. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's just that's that's unrelated that's to, completely unrelated to the, weather. the cold.
0: But I I mean it's hard to grip the ball in the cold, there's no doubt. And now that they've cracked really cracked down the sticky stuff. You know, it's uh, that, and there's offenses up all around baseball. So
1: I think this might be your most eye-opening moment to take you from the Dan Orlovsky paradise you are seeking, a Lisa, and you describe her as, as a, a
0: gem. No, <laughs> no.
1: This might be your moment. No, Jackson. The culture is messed up, and the sloppy play. If it's cold, then buy them a coat. <laughs> LOL, it's cold for your team, too. And the sloppy play, it's sloppy. That's from Lisa.
0: All right, Lisa, and I think you are a gem. There can be more than one problem. The Mm. the culture can be bad. uh, The pitching can be bad. The leadership can be bad. And also, the cold weather can affect it all. All of those things can be true. You don't have to look at just one thing and say, that's the problem. There's obviously a multitude of problems because the offense isn't great. The fielding isn't great. The pitching is certainly not great. They're making mistakes all around the field so there isn't just one problem there's obviously several
1: so tonight it is not going to be warm at the ballpark uh as a matter of fact we've got wins throughout the day they will be playing in in the 50s tonight mm-hmm. uh so should we make a wager bet, on bet the, the under. angels
0: bet the, un- bet the under bet the
1: under bet the under yeah anytime mats has the ball it's going to be low scoring okay all right well all right the under
0: is the, the under has been released as a five star play. I don't know if the Angels are 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 cold dogs. Right, but it's very chilly
1: and unpleasant in Southern California.
0: Well, the, the the but some of the players might not like it. You know, just because they play in Los Angeles doesn't mean that all of them. Right,
1: they would pr- certainly prefer to relocate to, to Edmonton. yeah Edmonton,
0: <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. Some guys might be cold weather dogs. Go to the Piedmont, you hillbilly. That's from the five seven three. I don't even know what that means, but I saw hillbilly Piedmont in there. Piedmont, Italy. <laughs> what the hell's a Piedmont? Peabody? hey little diddles. What's up? <laughs> I'm taking calls. Is that
1: Hey little diddles. Is that is that's what affecting John Mozellak's decision to put a consistent team around our superstars in the offseason? because it's cold in the winter? That's from the three one four.
0: That has nothing to do. That's not core. Maybe he should have signed some more cold dogs. I'm looking for cold dogs, who are notorious cold weather baseball players. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is the cold
1: weather baseball player.
0: Derek Jeter, Mr. November. All right. He was a Michigan native. Yeah. I'm, there's. Mm, what do you know? Yeah. Wow. What do you All know? All of a sudden, I think Jackson's
1: winning people in the six three six over with yeah. this take. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I've read a lot of columns. I've listened to a lot of thoughts on the Cardinals. Ken Rosenthal don't bring up the Ken uh, the, the cold weather thing.
0: It, it, it's everyone's just ignoring it cuz they're like, ah, "I can't be that obvious." But sometimes it is. <laughs> hey Jackson, does your performance eventually get better with the weather? Thanks 314. Yes. Yes. Of course. Everyone's perform It's not like uh, you know, baseball is meant to be played in the warm weather.
1: Tiddles is right on. Cold weather is a key. Not everything, but huge for hitters. Remember this sentiment. The longer the funk persists, the more excitement there will be packed into the rest of the season. That's the 636. How about that?
0: Great text, optimism, and he's on my side. Wow. The 636, too. Right, right.
1: Wow. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, I guess uh, BK and Ferrari will be tracking this story now. Uh, it has been broken on Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. The cold weather is the reason for the Cardinals' struggles. Your thoughts are welcome. I haven't really asked for them, but you've been giving them anyway. 314 399 646. Taylor Twelman is going to join us talking defense, talkies, defense defense talkies defense uh that's coming up at 10 35 we have the little pittles what is this called on tuesdays tuesday oh no today's a half and half oh i'm a big half and half guy Man, all right that's true. coming up next this is balloon party driven by mong and st. want accurate all in we're
2: right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
1: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. Driven by Mungan S.A. Salo, here in Alton Toyota. Uh, Jackson has uh, broken the story here on 101 ESPN this morning that it is the cold weather that has caused the Cardinals to start the season 10 and 19. Uh, not getting as much support in the Air Comfort Service text line uh, that, that I would have expected for what it feels like a, a, a well-researched uh, take uh, From the 314, looking back, there was an ice storm in Chavez Ravine over this past weekend.
0: Yeah, I know that the L.A. thing is uh, certainly
1: out there, but, you know... It is it, certainly out there. It's a great way to describe it.
0: But they had just come off of Northern California. So they were still dealing... Their bones they, are still cold.
1: Now it makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Twelman will be with us in about 12 to 13 minutes on this program. But right now it's time for...
0: Little meteorologists, half and half. hmm Yep, yep. Half great takes, half super great takes. Oh, nice. Yeah, not bad, right? All right, here we go. With the little pills, half and half. Uh, let's start off with this question. Doing a checklist of the Cardinals' issues so far this season would be long and a tedious task that may make a diehard Cardinal fan shed a tear. In order to turn things around and quickly, what are the two most important things to get right from a reasonable perspective, you're not going to make, you know, the pitching rotation look like the 2000s I thought, Braves.
1: I see it. All right, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Nolan Arnato I feel like that is the obvious one. Right. Oh, boy. And then where do we go from there? If just a couple of the guys in the outfield can hit. Right. And I know that that's asking for 67%, but if a couple of gentlemen who can play the outfield can hit, to join in with Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt, who I recognize probably won't start hitting based on the forecast until next week, mm-hmm. even though some people have presented data. It's not me saying it, but they have presented data that he All is right. uh, than that. I mean, right now, Jordan Walker, as John Denton just said on TMA last hour, he's like, hey, you know, Jordan Walker wasn't sent down necessarily because of Jordan Walker, he was sent down to say, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, no more excuses. You get the playing time now. Right. Along with Alec Burleson. Do something with it, and let's see what winds up happening. So, if a couple of guys, those guys, can get it going, then great. I think you'll see a correlation with the team's performance, and of course, the weather. And if not, as Denton just said, he thinks they're going to be on the move. So, you've got even if it doesn't turn around, this is going to be one hell of a season to watch. We just experienced one of those with the Blues. Um, I think that this one is perhaps. Even more surprising, because at least the Blues had losing streak and winning streak and losing streak, and then you weren't really sure this one. If it doesn't turn around, it's going to be out of it before you know. You even get to to the end of May, and then you're going, "Oh my God, the Cardinals are in a spot under Bill DeWitt to be sellers for the first time. How are they going to handle that?" So. Keep an eye on this one, but th- those would be my two answers. What would your answers be outside of a, a warm front?
0: Right, that would be huge. but I, obviously Nolan Arnado is the lock. To me, the other the second one to me is just tightening up the little things so that you're not losing games or losing hemorrhaging runs based on whether it be fielding errors or base running follies. Just tighten up the stuff that you can really control. field the baseball. Let's stop giving up runs on wild pitches, stuff like that. Because after that, then you're you'll saying know. fundamentals. And yeah. essentially, it's under the umbrella of fundamentals. Let's get back to the fundamentals. Nice. Let's, let's get that taken care of. And then if you're losing games still, you know it's because of offense or pitching. And it's not because of uh, a, th- a throwing error coming in from a throw from the outfield or another wild pitch. Like, let's get the fundamentals down, and then you can move on. And then it'll be, I think you're going to see a much better ball club or at least games that they're going to be competitive and not down six, two in the third inning. All right. There it is. Jackson wants fundamentals. All right. Very nice. Uh, Moving on. Uh, what do you imagine is the vibe in the clubhouse right now? Baseball, to me, is an odd sport in the sense that effort is so clearly there or not, and there is no in-between. What can leaders like Goldie, Waino, and Arenado do? What can Ali Marmol do to change the temperature? Well, I mean, that's
1: operating on a premise, and I understand the question because I wonder about it as well, that there could be an issue in the clubhouse. We don't know that. Right, it's tough. Um, I, I think you can sense that. I thought, for example, at the tail end of Matheny's tenure, the fact that Yadier Molina was, like, subtweeting him on Instagram <laughs> was really uh, is disrespectful as disrespectful as it gets. Right. Um, and it shows he didn't carry a lot of cachet with the team if the guy on that roster at that time is, you know, taking shots at him via Instagram. I mean, that's on, – on this side of things, minus Tyler O'Neal – you know, defending himself on the effort thing, there's really been no indication, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an issue. It also doesn't mean that there is an issue. I just, I, I don't know if it, if there is one, I would imagine Bill DeWitt, John Mazalock would be aware of it. And then perhaps you would see an action taken. I don't know. I mean, I, I, listen, the Cardinals problems can be, can be observed just by looking through the batting statistics, by going to take your pick of whatever baseball database you go to and the pitching statistics, you don't really need to go, boy, the numbers are good. Why aren't they winning? It's all right there in front of you. With that said, if you are looking to kind of do what more more often than not happens in the NHL and NBA, although we saw the Philadelphia Phillies on their way to a pennant fire Joe Girardi in right. June last year, true. and you're trying to light a fire under players' asses, uh, if there is indeed a, uh, a personnel issue with the manager or a coach, I don't know, um, then that changes the dynamic of going, okay, he's in his second year and he won the division in his first year. What are they doing in St. Louis now? You fired a guy after he went to the playoffs and Mike Schilt, now you're going to fire this guy. That changes it. The only thing that I would say is the O'Neill thing was unnecessarily public. And if that turned guys off, then that would, that, that would then – give credence to a theory that there may be a problem in the clubhouse. But I have no reason to think that outside of that one incident. Nonetheless, you're a professional athlete. And the noise that we talk about in sports radio and podcasts and television is, is usually something that inside the locker room, they're not even thinking about or aware of. You have a job to do. You're not going to not pitch well because you're mad that Ali Marmold talked about Tyler O'Neill's effort a month ago. You know what I mean? right? So I just think that becomes a narrative that's BS as opposed to actual reality and pragmatically applied to explain a team's shortcomings.
0: Yeah, and any time you're going to try to talk about the vibe in a locker room or a clubhouse, it's just so speculative because you're not there. And even if you are in there for a time, you're not in there when yeah. the guys are actually themselves.
1: 100%. Uh, and then that stuff would be handled in private conversations unless right. there is some kind of outburst. All right, we need to break. Uh, we'll finish off the half and half after we talk it over with Taylor Twelman, who is going to join us next. Always look forward to our conversations with Taylor Twellman. That is brought to you by Together Credit Union. He is with us at 1035 here coming up on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN.
2: to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're headed down to the pitch to talk soccer and City SC with Taylor Twellman. This is Talking with Twellman on 101 ESPN. Presented by Together Credit Union.
0: Together Credit Union. The City SC Visa credit card
2: is exclusively available at togethercu.org.
0: Welcome back.
1: This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on the radio program. And Taylor Twelman will be with us. Jackson, just give me the thumbs up whenever uh, Taylor Twelman is with us. He is with us. Brought to you by Together Credit Union. and It is our pleasure every Tuesday to be joined with uh, Taylor Twelman here on the program. Morning, Taylor. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you?
3: Uh, good. Living a, living a dream, buddy. I have a feeling you actually mean that when you say
1: it. That's kind of what I think.
3: Um, It's debatable, bud. You I, know, um, nightmares are dreams, too, so I'll let you figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Tim Parker with some—I uh, I like the honest comments following the loss on, on Saturday. Uh, I, I, I like the introspection, and I thought this was good candor. Uh, he said, I'm more angry uh, that our intensity wasn't there. I think we snuck away with one in Colorado, obviously getting the 1-1 draw you could— argue argue that we could have won that game but I actually think we should have lost it so to come back home and to not really have the intensity that we really looked for it's something that we're going to have to look at this week and I'm sure that training will be a little bit harder this week a little bit more intense uh, how did you see it and what do you think what Parker had to say there
3: um I always appreciate someone being honest right I'd rather yeah. hear what they really say than what what, what they think we want to hear right now I think actions are, are louder and stronger than any words you can say. I agree with them. I thought the performance was anemic, slow, uh, deliberate. I, I felt like they weren't ready for a team that they knew was not going to make the game very pretty, right? This is what Portland does. This is how Portland is going to have to survive. Even when they were at their best going to MLS Cup with Diego Valerian, Sebastian Blanco, they, they still made the game chippy through gamesmanship and other things, and I thought they should have been more prepared for it. What's alarming to me is this, is that Minnesota United laid the blueprint on how you play St. Louis City at home. And so now you've got to be very prepared for teams to come in because now two teams have come in and said, you have the ball, you dictate the game, you play the game to us, which makes Tim Parker and company uncomfortable And I thought they missed uh, Santa Claus. I I think they missed him up front. Uh, They don't have a ton of depth at that nine position, quite honestly. I don't think they have any depth there, so... Shao Klaus not being available kind of made it fairly easy for Portland to defend.
1: That's what I was, I was, That was actually what I was going to ask, if, you know, how much Klaus's absence played a role in what we saw on Saturday in the 2-1 loss, and then also something that uh, Bradley Carnell dismissed right away, and that is playing three games in eight days with playing Omaha last week. You played in that thing, you won that thing. How much does that impact a team when, when you have three games in eight days?
3: I think the rotation of the squad determines whether or not that impacts it. Travel also impacts that. So the fact that the game was at home and then you play Portland at home three days later, I'm with Bradley Carnell. I think it's an excuse. I don't think there really is a ton of meat on that bone, if you ask me. Klaus missing is interesting. I didn't think Klaus was very good against Colorado. Now, is that because Colorado and the weather and the altitude or whatnot? But I thought – Berkey was very transparent after that game that there wasn't enough there. Jao Klaus gives you a reference point to play off of. The ability to play into him, the ability for him to link up, but more so, it's just the human nature of him being a presence. Because of his stature and how he plays, naturally center backs have to be aware of him. Um, And that's where it's alarming to me for St. Louis City and the roster depth because – Joe Acchini is not that guy. You know, he's more of a complimentary piece. He cannot be your focal point in that role. And so that's where Portland, I think, looked at it and said, without Klaus, you're going to have to try to find a way to beat us. Now, in saying all this, by the way, it wasn't a penalty on the handball. But I still think Klaus, if they don't have – him healthy for the entire year this could be a long season of getting into the playoffs because i just don't think as i've said a couple times already i don't know if they have enough depth in that position
1: okay well then that leads me into uh this this next question then taylor with an open dp spot do you expect them to be active when the window opens this summer
3: I want them to be active. If I'm a St. Louis City fan, I definitely want them to be active. The most important thing that I think the MLS listeners that are now new to this league understand and should understand, I should say, is that the summer is when the pool of players that you can acquire is exponentially bigger than in the winter, because the MLS schedule goes against where the top five leagues in Europe play. If you're going to try to find some of the best players that are most that are available at a better price, it's not going to come in January. It's not going to come in February. It's going to come this summer. Mm. And so every summer when that transfer window opens, Seattle Sounders, Garth Logoway, who's now at Atlanta, now the president of that, he made that his uh, mantra. He was so successful in finding those players midseason. And oftentimes the most successful team at MLS at the end of the year is the team that does the best business in the summer – I hope they are. I don't know if they're going to be. And that's the second part of it. I, I'm not totally sure they are going to be that way. Um, I'm not fully convinced that Bradley Carnell and Lutz Fahnenstiel believe they need depth in that position, especially. Um, But if I'm a St. Louis City fan and and I'm an observer, I would 100% hope that Lutz and and company are are active this summer.
1: Taylor Twelman with us every Tuesday here on 101 ESPN, presented by Together Credit Union. Uh, Now basically about a third into the season. City obviously in a better position than just about everybody thought was going to be the case going into the year realistically, considering we're talking about with Klaus, considering the lack of depth you just referenced, Taylor, what do you think the expectations can be as to where they are going to finish at this point? Last year, for example, took 47 points to make the postseason in the West. This year, playoffs expanding. What is the expectation for points needed to make the playoffs? And can City be one of those teams?
3: Yeah, I think I, I think City because of the march they had. Now expectations are not only are you in the playoffs, but you want to de- you, you want to host a playoff game, right? So now you've set the level of expectation of winning your first five games. Yeah, we're going to make the playoffs, but more so, we want to host uh, a playoff game at home. In saying that, I think the better expectation level is what you saw in April than it was in March. And some people in St. Louis will say, well, you you, you know, you're being a downer, you're reading too much into it. I didn't think St. Louis City was going to be the worst team in the league, but I sure as heck did not think St. Louis City was going to be the best team in the league. Mm -hmm. And what we saw in April, now a couple teams have planted the seeds into the oppositions in the Western Conference especially, that when you go to St. Louis in that environment – you have to frustrate them and actually saying to them, you're going to dictate the game. I, I just think what we saw in April, honestly, bud, is the way this the rest of the season's going to go. And so if it's 43, 45, it all depends on what everyone below you is doing. And fortunate enough, you know, Sporting Kansas City is off to the worst start in MLS history, right? So that helps them in that the lower teams stay low. But I'm going to promise you this. Teams get hot. Teams pull stuff out of their hat where you didn't expect them to. And so I think St. Louis City should look at it and say, we've got to get to 50, 51 points if we want to host a playoff game.
1: There it is. Taylor Twelman. Together Credit Union, presents him every Tuesday here. On 101 ESPN this weekend, City taking on Dallas as they try to get back on track following the loss to Portland. Taylor, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk next week. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That's Taylor Twellman with us here. It's Talking with Twellman, brought to you by Together Credit Union every Tuesday on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. When we come back, the second half of the half and half, which is a Cardinal-centric questions and answers session here on Balloon Party, presented by Munganess, St. Louis SAC here, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.
2: we are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Our presenting sponsor is and S St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. Online at stlouisaccurate.com and Altontoyo.com. Check out the incredible selection of pre-owned vehicles they have right now at stlouisaccurate.com. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up, Jackson. And uh, if you are interested in a sound story, you've heard Joe Buck talking about that here on 101 ESPN. Uh, you can get a gift card right now at mysoundstory.com and enter the promo code ESPN, and you get 15% off It is a gift not only mom or your wife will love, if you're getting that for the family, but the entire family will love, and you will always have that there for. Ever. Uh, you come into the Hubbard Studios and do about, about a 60 minute interview. It's just a casual conversation with me, Randy Carricker, Rizzuto, Learn, John Hewlett comes in and does them, even though he's semi retired now. Doug Vaughn, Jackson. Jackson is a. You love doing them too. I do. I really do. I do too. It's a fulfilling experience, is the oh. best way I can describe it. It's a great Mother's Day gift. It's mysoundstory.com, promo code ESPN to get 15% off. Jackson, what do we have here on the second half of. Of half and half.
0: So now we get into the more uh, sports business side of it. Mm. Uh, And there's certainly some stories... What As of have? late. What do we have? So the MLB is posting increases across the board both both on and off the field. Baseball has seen an increase in both attendance and viewership. And ESPN Sunday Night Baseball taking some factors into account, like they haven't had a Yankees, Red Sox, or any real big market game. So you take that into account. They have seen a 30% increase in the 18 to 49 demographic. How about that? Yeah. Like, and like I said, there's some factors into that. But I'm not going to bore people with the details. Have the changes to the rules of the game been this significant this early is this Manfred's crown jewel accomplishment what rule change do you think is most impactful in this increase
1: so uh, there is an intriguing article this morning uh, that was just posted on ESPN.com in which they talk with a number of current major league players uh, about their thoughts on the rule changes Uh, what they like what they don't like Um, For example, Ian Half, what's your favorite thing about the new rules so far? And he said, not having the shift, being able to have some of those ground balls be hits is huge. Rewarding guys for hard hit balls. And the line drive being back in play, I think I've had two hits so far that would have been outs. Uh, But on the other hand, Blake Snell uh, was asked, what's your favorite thing about the new rules so far? And he said... None that I can think of. So he's not enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The uh, manager of the Rays, Kevin Cash, he's enjoying his season so far for the record. Blake Snell just got his first win last night against the Reds. Maybe that explains it. Kevin Cash, talking about it, says he loves the pitch clock, the pace of game. It's health baseball. I've enjoyed it. I hope the fans have enjoyed it. It's obviously a faster pace and seemed to have created a little bit more action in the game, which is a good thing when asked what needs to be improved. Uh, Snell said stolen bases it's a joke can't throw no one out you have to be 1.2 three seconds to the plate if you pick twice they're getting crazy jumps and leads stolen bases are a joke and the bases are closer the game was made perfectly and then they changed the game I need to be better at pressing buttons on the pitch comm device sometimes you're thinking about how to attack a hitter and then you need to hit buttons I'd like to be able to say I'm pressing the wrong buttons more time would
0: help I like Blake Snell
1: Blake Snell, they, they got Blake Snell, and he was not having a good day. Uh, so he is not a fan of it. Overall, uh, I enjoyed it, uh, and I'll say that. Olimar Mall, who also hasn't had the most pleasant of years, said right. this. Once in a while, it would be nice with no runners on for pitchers to have the ability to step off. With the pitch clock, the batter has every opportunity to disengage once per at-bat to gather himself, but a pitcher doesn't really have a way of doing that with a runner on. i got to tell you something. I agree with Marmol on that. For sure, I don't think that that, I, I think considering how materially they have improved the pace of play with these new rules, allowing that one addition, which multiple people said something about, including Ali Marmol. I would think that that would be a positive thing, and it sounds like that's where Snell's coming from, although he just was having a rough uh, morning when he was contacted, I think.
0: Yeah, I think if you were to ask Major League Baseball before the season, what two things would you most want to accomplish this season? It would be faster games and more offense, and they've done exactly that. Now, all these rules, for the most part, benefit the, the hitters they don't benefit the pitchers. The shift doesn't benefit the pitcher, the pitch clock for the most part doesn't, and certainly the base running rules do not benefit the pitcher. So I do understand where a pitcher might have some issues with the rules, but for the sake of the nature of the game and making it more accessible and more interesting for either a younger fan base or just a wider fan base, they've done they've accomplished every goal that they've been looking to do. So, while there's obviously some drawbacks from pitchers, I think overall this is a massive success for baseball – and I just gave you those those numbers. We've seen an increase in attendance and in viewership. That's what baseball desperately needed.
1: Um, uh, a number of people make reference to the stolen bases thing. Uh, it's changed. I still like the pitch clock, the fact that the games aren't as long. I think the base is being close together. Now the pitch clocks affect the base dealings a little crazy. If anything, the one thing that we really need to keep our eyes on is the operators of the clock. It's like wildly inconsistent. There was one time in San Francisco, I was on deck and somebody reached base, Jeff McNeil, and then I'm up to bat, and they started the clock at 15 seconds and i'm supposed to have 20 seconds it's just like this is playing a big role in affecting how some of these at bats turn out but i got into the box and saw that i had 10 seconds left on the clock and i was like just got up there and i was like oh my god and then i then i think logan webb was pitching and he got on the mound he looked at the clock and he has to rush his first pitch and he yanked it for a ball i guess it helped me there uh so it sounds like there's some pitch clock operators that are having inconsistencies at different ballparks.
0: I like these interviews where it's just like stream of consciousness and guys just have their little thoughts in there. It's like uh, it's just random word vomit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I guess that uh, the pitch clock, I do wish that they would wait until the guy gets to the batter's box for pitch clock because I miss – when guys would slowly kind of like pimp walk up there to the, I've seen guys have to like do like a little shuffle, like you're crossing the street to get to, to the Bears' box, box. Fit in time, and I don't like that. Tim, were there cool. any
1: uh, questions related to eliminating April and October games so that cold weather doesn't negatively impact offense? That's from the three one four.
0: Yeah, they should play baseball when it's warm out like they do for the whole season. Not play in the cold when it comes to the most important stuff of the season.
1: Jackson will not relent. Uh, what do we have
0: next on this half and half? This one I really like. Okay.
1: So you didn't like the first three?
0: Well, I like them, but I really like this okay. one. Okay. As the Los Angeles Angels come to town, the Cardinals will host two of the biggest superstars in sports with mm-hmm. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. We have talked before about being able for you, personally, Tim, or anyone with young kids to take your kids to see legends while they are still playing. Over the last 20 years, who are some players who have come to town who people circle the calendar on to make sure that they see
1: Wow, in that's a nice question. If I can, I'm going to go back to 2000. When Ken Griffey went from the Mariners to the Reds, he yeah. hit his uh, 500th home run here off of Matt Morris. I believe that was Father's Day 2004, if memory serves. Uh, and that would certainly be one. I mean, the fact is, Trout hasn't been here much. No. No. Uh, 2019 at all uh, for for his star power so that now changes with this Otani obviously making yeah. his debut um i think Derek jeter in his final year was a big one in st louis he happened to play in in st louis when the yankees came here certainly that was one alex rodriguez coming here at the time i think that was 2003 or five seemed foreign
3: you yeah, know, it was right. such a
1: big deal, right? Because you just didn't get to see it. Now it should be commonplace, like the NBA, like the NHL, where you get to see everybody every year, right? And so it won't be, or every other year, I guess, with baseball, right? So this uh, this will change things. But yeah, I have a a five year old son, and and he's gone to one game. Albert Pujols hit a grand slam in that game last year, so that will always be a memory. And uh, with Otani pitching tomorrow. Even if we only stay for an hour, since right. he has school the next day, on the off chance in twenty years he cares, he can say he saw Shohei Otani pitch and hit and Mike Trout. Yeah, play. So uh, oh, that's that's that's, that's, cool. that's the thought process. You yeah, know?
0: I, I know for me, and this isn't baseball, but like I wanted to make sure the Rams were playing the Packers in a preseason game, and I wanted to make sure that I got to see Aaron Rodgers play in person, and I did for a quarter, and he. I think completed every single pass he threw, like two touchdowns, and then sat on the bench. But yet the Rams still charged me full price for that ticket when nice. I bought Will Call, which is great.
1: Uh, Aaron Judge last year got a bunch of texts.
0: Yeah, for sure. Judge would certainly be one of them. Uh, I guess anytime Edmonton comes to town, you want to see Connor McDavid.
1: This is a, and I did take my son to see Connor McDavid this year. Uh, I make my kids listen to Tim on the radio because he is greatness personified. Yeah, and you never know when it will end. That's from the six one eight. Yeah, that's that's a. That's a good text. Right.
0: Um... You think people will be like in 10 years, like, yeah, I was listening to Prime McKernan. <laughs> he's in. He's just in his twilight years now, but yeah, I was listening to him yeah, in his prime. In, but he was
1: firing on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jackson, I guess we got to shut it down. Is there a, is there a quick hitter? Is no. there really no, no nothing's uh, all, quick Everything's hitter? deep, baby. I, I feel like, all right. So, all right, we'll shut it down. BK and Ferrari are up next. Uh, Jackson uh, will carry this cold weather theory into tonight's cold, windy conditions at Bush Stadium, right. and we'll see how the Cardinals fare off offensively. Uh, It'll be a challenge for the Angels to farewell offensively with Matt's on the mound. We will uh, see how it goes and discuss it tomorrow on Balloon Party, presented by Munganess St. Louis Accurate, Alton Toyota on 101
2: ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.